What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest Philly Blitz pod, episode 29. I'm Parth. I'm here with Pierre, and uh, Quell's going to join us a little bit later, but how are you doing, Pierre? Good, man. Good, man. It's been a long week. You know, we got to watch uh, some birds football last night, or not last night. Was it Thursday? Yeah, two days ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah. I, uh... I agree. It's nice to nice to have some Eagles football back on. It's currently a beautiful, sunny Saturday here in Philadelphia. So, you know, it's always sunny, as Quell likes to say. Um, but it, th- th- this preseason has been just, like, a lot of fun. I haven't been, you know, like, as obsessive as I have been in, co- in the last couple of years. I think partially it's because so much of it was revolving around, like, our team proving itself, you know, like Jalen and like certain, certain guys that like, you know, we were like, Oh, like this guy has potential. And now that they've kind of done that, they're not even playing, you know? So it's fun to, you know, see the other guys, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of, I kind of noticed that. So I don't know. I was like, am I washed? Am I, am I getting old? Like, is is this what's happening? Um, But, you know, I've been able to, you know, enjoy the games. um, And I, and I'm sure you have as well, because, you know, even though, you know, some parts of them, are painful. Uh, shout out Marcus Mariota and uh, and uh, I'm I'm forgetting his name. He's so bad. Oh, Ian Book. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be a great uh, quality control coach at Northwestern or Notre Dame. Um, he's gonna be a great CDL CDL driver. Or, <laughs> you know, he needs to get a CDL license. <laughs> oh, cry, bro. He looked horrible. Um, but. You know, that's uh, let's get into it a little bit, right? So we're ta- we wanted to talk about some takeaways from the first um, two preseason games, right? Um, my first takeaway: uh, University of Florida is wide receiver. You shout out Tyree Cleveland. Um, well, so yeah, you know, I was I, I've been a big fan of him uh, since he was in college, obviously, and you know, he has a ton of he has a ton of potential, and I think it was on display. So you know, I'm really you know, praying for him, hoping everything turns out all right. Uh, so before we even get to the preseason game takeaways, so I, I assume you saw the uh, the Eagles tweet about, you know, all the moves that they made and stuff. So mm-hmm. is an injured wave, does that mean they're on IR? I, like I hadn't seen injured wave before. I think, which, and I'm, I don't know if this is 100% true, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I'm thinking it means like they're still – they're still like with the organization. They just aren't gonna caught. They just aren't gonna count towards like the fifty three right, or like right. the IR. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, for people who don't know, uh, Tyree Cleveland, uh, wide receiver, uh, D tackle Noah Ellis, uh, and cornerback uh, Zach McPherson, who just tore his Achilles. Um, all those guys are uh, injured, waived slash injured. So, um, like. Pierre said, I think, you know, they're still with the team uh, in some capacity, but they are not, um, you know, on the 53 man. Uh, Noah Ellis, of course, his brother is Christian Ellis, who's been playing really well at linebacker. Um, but they also, uh, you know, to replace these guys, signed uh, D tackle Robert Cooper, D tackle Marvin Wilson, D tackle Caleb Sanders, uh, and linebacker Tyreek Maddox Williams, and linebacker Quentin Bell. Um, and then they also released Greedy. And uh, and ties that Zen, 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 Zen,
I know, man. I had such high hopes for Greedy Williams. I I did too, and it, it just as soon as they drafted, like as soon as they got so many corners in uh, undrafted free agency, I just it's it's sad because like obviously he's still like a young player, but he kind of lost some of his luster because you have guys who are making less and are younger and have you know high potential as well that are on your roster. They have similar pedigree, you know, not draft pedigree, but you know, where they played in college and those types of things. So um, it's, it's interesting, but you know, in the last couple of days, we've lost two corners now, right? That's Zach McPherson down. And now um, greedy Williams is off the team. So that's a really good sign for, you know, your probably your uh, Eli Ricks, uh, type guys and Goodrich too. Goodrich, that's what I was about to say. And then, uh, and uh, it, and maybe I feel like Makai Gardner is going to be a, a practice squad guy. Yeah. Um, maybe they can stash him with the safeties. I saw some people talking about that. I think um, if I had to rank those three, those being uh, Ricks, Goodrich, and uh, Gardner, I think Goodrich has the most. Um, he's most likely to make the 53 with uh, McPherson going down because I know mm-hmm. that they've um, used him a little bit at slot behind um, McPherson. He's been McPherson's main backup. Yeah. So I think he has more of an inside track now that uh, Zach is out for the season. Definitely. And I think Job has that, you know, number one. Oh, he's, I think he's, he's, he's yeah. locked in. He's I the think. number one backup yeah. corner. It's it, it's interesting, though, because if, if Ringo hadn't been drafted – and he was one of those undrafted free agents. I'd maybe say that Eli Ricks was was right with him, you know, yeah. you know, from how they played in games. Because the issues that we that we had with <laughs> um, with Ringo in the draft are coming true. He's not very good playing the ball in the air and these types of things. So we're kind of skipping around here. So let's let's put let's put a pause on that for a second, right? Because we're going to talk about the cornerback um, position battle, but. You know, takeaways from the first preseason games. So we talked about, you know, Tyree Cleveland. He's had a, a great breakout. I wanted to see more Joseph Ngata, you know, yeah, tons yeah. about him. In camp, he, you know? He's been, like you said, he's been hyped up a ton from all the beat writers. And it's just like he he just hasn't flashed in, through the first two games. Like he had a couple opportunities against um, Baltimore in the first game. Mm-hmm. They were, I know they were called back because of penalties. But, you know, like you said, he just hasn't really, you know, made his presence known. Exactly. So. That's something to to look for in the next ones, maybe, uh, especially now that Tyree's down. That that's uh, that that's something that he can you know try to get to, um, and and then uh, I, I just think uh, safety has been really fun to watch. Yeah, you know, it, it, which is funny because all off season we talked about how oh safety is going to be, you know, it's making me nervous. But Reed, you know, the milk missile has just been. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing his thing, man. Like there. Every day, it's just like oh, five interceptions, interception. five interceptions in training camp. Right. Oh, well, Deshaun Watson says it's cap. It's like, buddy, you're you're arguing with ESP, like, and everyone in the comments is cooking you because you're you're wrong. Everyone said you have five picks. I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, you know, it's great to see him. Kayvon has played well. You know, like legitimately. Surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and, and then you have uh. Sydney Brown, who has been really exciting to to watch, the dude flies like a bat out of hell. Yeah, like he just he wants to he wants to like just hit people, man, and it's it's really fun to watch. It, it's it's hard not to see the Palomalu comps when he's flying with the with the hair coming out the back of his helmet. Give my man a head and shoulders deal, man. <laughs> um, but but it, he's just he's really fun to watch. 
once he can once he can kind of get his feet underneath him and you know know what he's looking at and and then know to shoot, he can be a really dangerous player. Um, yeah, and like you know, I um, I don't remember who which reporter specifically said it, but I know Quell sent something in our group chat, and he was yep. like, he thinks that they want to kind of rein him in a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, control some of the chaos that he plays with. But to me, I think the best way to do that is for him to get reps. Like you're not going to learn sitting on the bench. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, right? Because I was about to bring this up as well. Because reps are obviously the best way to learn, but you have a team that's competing, right? You want to get to a to a Super Bowl. Having a a safety that's learning is not necessarily the greatest recipe for success. You know, you're kind of that's your that's your last line of defense, and so if he takes a bad angle, which is something he's does does often sometimes you know because he's just he's flying right he sees something and then he's hitting that he see he's hitting whatever he sees he's you know going to be more susceptible to play action and double moves and those types of things and that just like you said it comes with experience but if he can get some of that experience in practice you know just like learning learning how how much quarterbacks like look off you know those types of things and and, and the types of things you have to look for in the playbook now obviously it's still playing football um but there's just a lot more nuance. And when you're, like you said, a bat out of hell, you definitely have to rein it in just a little bit. You don't want to change the way he's playing because you want him to keep being aggressive, keep, you know, being that guy who make, who makes himself a presence. But at the same time, you got to make sure you know what you're seeing, right? And so that's going to come with, with, with film watch, uh, practice, and it's going to come with experience. But I also I tend to think um, just because of, how you know how they've been how they've all just been playing i think we could see some rotation at safety yeah. you know reed, reed kind of just holding it down there i think that's his his position but i think that that other spot depending on matchups you could see Edmonds, you could see Kayvon, you could see sydney brown you know and i think that's a good way to get these guys reps at the end of the day and and, and that's what we were talking about so um i think there's a way to balance it all uh, is is my you know long way of saying that uh other preseason takeaway, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, legit. Legit, yeah. <laughs> legit. I don't even need to see them play Jalen Carter or Nolan in the third preseason game. Don't like, play Nolan again. Yeah. If his shoulder is, you know, iffy at all, don't yeah. – don't, don't His bend. ability to bend and get low around tackles, it's, like, it's uncanny. Crazy. Like, I – it's insane. Mm-hmm. It is. It, and obviously it's preseason, right, and, and you need to – keep all that in mind but the dude can play and he's obviously got that motor that he was talking about it's just it's it's fun to watch him play and Jalen Carter was like I mean first snap it's it's crazy so you know I was listening to birds with friends and what they were kind of saying is just like Jalen Carter has that ability where you know he can like he'll just be really good all the time but if he wants to like make a play, there's certain players who have that ability mm-hmm. to make a play. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone has it. You can be a damn good football player and just not have that, you know, that the superstar factor on yeah. Madden, right? And he's got it. You know, like if he wants to, if he wants to, it's 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 been said about him at every single level that if he just wants to just take over the game he and do it, it, there's no one who can stop him. That's and, why I've said it like throughout like. When, as we gotten closer to the preseason, like I really feel like how good he is amongst all the off the field things. I feel like how good he is has really been kind of gotten like thrown to the wayside a little bit. 
Like, because he is a truly dominant football player. Like you said, when he wants to take over a game, when he's locked in, there aren't many people who can stop him, I feel like. Which, of course, this is the NFL, and, you know, there's going to be some yeah. sort of learning curve. But the talent is clearly there. Absolutely. And even besides the talent, man, to, to, to be honest with you, this can make me sound like a total nerd, dude. And, like, it's it's just football, though, man. Like, he, like, in his interview, he's just, like, the first thing he said is, oh, I was just watching film and I knew, you know, the way that like the way that he wanted to block down on me or something like that. I mean, he just he knew what he was doing from the film. Mm-hmm. too, And that is that's what stuck out to me, because like you, this guy dropped for character concerns. He's got all the talent in the world. We've seen a lot of guys like that. Do the Johnny Manziel. He's got zero on his iPad in terms of watching film, but. To see that he was he's watching film for the preseason games, like you know, on the sidelines, just you know, figuring all this out like as he goes and and that he's a student of the game as well, shows that he's just gonna be a good fit for the locker room and a and, and a good leader in the future as well, if he can keep doing that type of thing. You know, it's just it's important that even when you have you know all those physical gifts that you do the little things right too. Um also who who said that was uh was Eli Ricks, you know, he was just saying that he was watching film on the sideline from earlier in the game knew how they were breaking on that certain play. And that's why he, he broke on the ball and, and got that pick six, you know? So even your bottom of the roster guys are, you know, who went undrafted for some reason, you know, Alabama starting cornerback and LSU starting cornerback went <laughs> undrafted, but you know, he's, he's right there on the sidelines watching film too. And they're all, you know, it, it also just speaks to the effect that, Jalen and you know the leaders in the locker room have of just like bringing an element of seriousness and just like this is how we do things on this team. There's there's no way that that's not a part of it. Yeah, and one last takeaway: yeah. linebacker. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised. I'll say not by Nicobe Dean, but by you know guys like Zach Cunningham um, and Christian Ellis. Mm-hmm. Like um, I haven't watched like from what I've seen on Twitter, Cunningham. He's kind of been like where he needed to be. Um, he hasn't really flashed off the screen, but he's his play has been um, what's the word? Not consistent, but like it's been where it needed where where it's needed. To yeah, be. yeah, yeah. And um, for Christian Ellis, um, I know that's a quail. That's a quail guy. Um, last game, saw he had what two plays in a row where he. Um, mm-hmm. I know that he broke up a pass, and what was the other one? There was one more. I forget. Was it the uh, the tackle behind the behind the line, like on the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He plays very uh, downhill and intentional. Like, as a linebacker, I feel like you need that. Dude, yeah. And he's got a brother on the team. Yeah. Like, always for that. No. Um, and, and and the thing with Cunningham is, like, you're right. Like, he just – he does his thing. He gets to where he needs to be. He's, he's a veteran. These, yeah, and he's got these stupid long arms. Like, like his his arms are so – like, the two picks that <laughs> Lincoln should have had. Huh? I think that's – I think that was an echo. Oh, okay, okay. No, the uh, the – the the picks that uh two of the picks that Reed had came off of deflections from Cunningham. You know, him just getting his arms in the uh in the in the passing lanes and just you know get getting in the way. Sorry. Um so so we got you know we it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good room. I think all the places that we were worried about they're kind of evolving and, and making their way and and even to Kobe man I, I thought he made some good plays last game. You know I was looking for that he had that fumble, you know, he, he's also very intentional and mm-hmm. downhill player. And I think he's been pretty good in coverage too, honestly, because he hasn't been picked on. Right. And that's, that's what, that's what you're looking for at the end of the day too. Like 
you know, are, are they going after him because they see him as like a as a weak spot in the defense? But, um, you know, now we we talked a little bit about Ian Book. Is he going to be quarterback too? Definitely not. <laughs> no. Okay. So Ian Book is you know out of here. I don't even know. Like probably the first cuts. I don't even know why they haven't just cut him already. But um, they probably just need quarterbacks for the for camp. But Regardless, I'm just trying to think, right? You know, you're watching the last game, the last preseason. Yeah, that's that's right. Welcome they can... to the park, Will. Oh yeah, how you doing? Meet you, ass. Well, beloved, dub dub. There it is. Um, no, what I was gonna say is, uh, is 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 they're gonna they're gonna tell us that uh, that Ian Book really wants to be a starter in this league, and uh, and that's why they're gonna play him the whole game. You know, just like Sudfeld, he just he he wants to be a starter, so. I mean, so do I, but they won't put me in a quarterback. <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, for QB2, Mariota, like, you know, in, the, in the last games, dude. like buns. Garbage. It's not for him to hang it up, bro. Man. He got to hang it up. Yeah, it's sad, man. It, it actually just makes me sad when I watch it because I had such high hopes for Mariota when he was coming out of college. And I was like, this guy's going to be the truth. Like, with Chip Kelly, I was, you know – like Quell, you know, except it was 2015. So, you know, obviously I moved on from Chip Kelly. Um, <laughs> but I was I, I was believing that, man. So it, it's sad to see the fall off. But Tanner McKee, baby, slinging that rock two, two weeks in a row now. Like, come on. What, what are you guys thinking? I mean, he looks legit. Like, like not, not starter level, but if he looks like if he had to, you know, be the backup behind Jalen coming for a game or two, he could keep the team afloat. I understand it's preseason. You're playing against second and third team players, but you know, like I said, he looks legit. His ball placement, yeah, dude, he's throwing dimes. <laughs> like, my guy, what do you Mormon think, <laughs> My guy, Mormon McGee, man, I always been a big Tanner guy. You guys know for over the last probably the year plus, I've been putting in my boost for Tanner McGee and potentially what he could be in this league, Tanner. He was actually the third-rated quarterback in the country coming out of high school, right behind Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. So the talent is clearly there. Only reason I know most people hear that and hear that and be like, "Well, why the hell is he still in school? Why is he still a rookie?" Well, he actually went on a journey. His first—I think it was like a three-year or two-year journey. His first year of college, it was a, a religious thing. Something the mission trips, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The, the Mormon mission trips. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that came from. But the talent has always been there with Tanner. My whole thing is just he's just a damn statue. But it's okay. They seem to be making it work. It, it was so funny watching him. It, it, it gave real Nick Foles vibes watching him try to oh, run. It wasn't getting far where he was putting his heart out there. On the, uh, the um, week one in the preseason when they ran that zone read and then the boot off it. Dropped it off into the flat. We're just trying to get him on the move, even though he can't do much there. But I, I am wondering with you guys, with Marcus, because I noticed during the game that it didn't seem like they did much to get Mariota on the move. Basically, the play calling was kind of vanilla, for lack of a better term. And he looked really bad in terms of pocket passer Marcus. But would it make you feel better come a regular season week when the team is legit game planning and they will have some sort of plan for Mariota, getting him on the move, using his feet as a, a plus, things of that nature. 
So he ain't, I mean, of course he's going to have his daily miss as he did with Kyle Pitts last year, but. I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's the variation in how he plays that really throws me off. And it's, and it's something that every beat writer has talked about as an issue in practice too, that like, this guy will make some throws where you're just like, oh, you know, that's why he was the number two overall pick. And then he'll make some throws where you're just like, dude, he is like five yards in front of you. Why are you sailing it into a linebacker's hands right behind him? You know, it's pretty mind blowing, too, because coming out, Marcus is big thing. The big thing. With he didn't Marcus throw any picks. Exactly. Like, dude. Picks, it was his accuracy. He, how he took care of the ball. I, and it was like one of my favorite stats in the league for the longest. I think over the first four or five years of his career. He had like a, a 20 touchdown, zero, zero interception. I don't think he threw any interceptions like Man. in college. Like it was crazy. He maybe threw like two. And like everybody was talking. And he was a multi, multi-year starter. Like, yeah, everything was just like there, right? On the money. He could run. He could pass. It was like. The touch is just gone now, man. I yeah. don't know what happened or what. Maybe playing in Tennessee with all those big receivers for all that time kind of broke his his thought process of a catch radius, but then you see him overthrowing Kyle Pitts, and it's like, brother, <laughs> how the hell do you miss Kyle Pitts? Facts. No, I it, it, I think we're all valid in saying that he's just not very good anymore, unfortunately, but I, I think it's going to be hard for me to believe that the Eagles will depend on a rookie like that. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, like, the veteran options that are available, like, do you guys think, think they're going to – I don't think, think they, they switch. I think, I, I think, like Quell said, you try to, they'll try to game plan around. They'll, they'll run the L out of the rock. That's what they'll do um, and hope he hits his couple passes. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, who do you, th- who do you think they could get off the open market? Because I, I, I don't personally see them switching to Tanner this year. I think the hope is next year he takes over as QB two, and then you have him, you know, in house on this rookie contract and everything. But I don't well, think they. Uh-huh. Maybe if we make the Super Bowl, we might have Philip Rivers on standby. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me look. I know you guys know who I'm going to say off the top of my head. Cam, that's number one. Um, other than that, I mean. Going from Marcus to Cam does not feel like that big of a jump to me. Like, Cam now, close to 40, like. Dang. I don't know, man. If he if his shoulder's okay, but, like, it did not look like there was much juice left in there, man. I, I love Cam. You I know, know a guy. I know a guy. I know the guy that I had in mind. No, wait, wait. Minnesota. North Dakota State's finest. Oh, Trey God. Lance? No. <laughs> no way. Get the number 11. <laughs> you want to call some he still, hey, he still got his helmet. He still got his helmet. <laughs> no, wait. What helmet was he wearing? He was wearing an Eagles helmet. Well, is it Eagles helmet? And there was cold shorts in the in the commander's jersey. That was, it was insane. Horrible. I mean, it it about sums up how he dressed. So, I mean, it makes sense. A man could not dress. You think? Do you guys think there's any world in which? Hell no. Ever like it's ever even possible? No, not the way he left to be Jalen's backup. <laughs> the bridge is burnt. I because I, I legitimately like 
it's so burnt that I thought you were talking about Trey Lance. And I was like, are you <laughs> serious? <laughs> but if we're bringing back old quarterbacks, why not? You know, all the players love Big Dom. Did you guys see the post, though, the ESP post? No, which one? He wrote one of his extended posts about why they should bring back Bulls as the backup. Yeah, did, he's, he's never officially retired, has he? No, but, like, why do we need to do that? It's fan service. Marcus Mariota's buns, that's why. I know, but, like. I'm down. I'm down. For it. Bring him back. Let him sit in the room with Tanner McKee, brother. Yeah, oh, my Rub God. off some of that magic. Y'all are crazy. Not before it. The man needs to retire. It's you need to play a bit of a Josh McCown role, the coach on the sidelines. Josh McCown blew out his hamstring <laughs> the one time he had to play, and he retired. <laughs> I remember when it happened, bro. It was like <laughs> the sniper shot him. He's like, oh. <laughs> Hey, left it all on the field, I tell you that. He, oh, no, without a doubt, bro. The, the video of him crying, like, after, it was heartbreaking, man. Like, he put everything out there. But I was like, brother, you were at home with your kids this week, man. You're not supposed to be playing NFL football, man. Like, the hammies just don't hold up, man. I don't know what to say. It's the first thing to go. Buddy. <laughs> all right. So, to answer the question, is there a legitimate QB2 battle? let's go around just I don't think so I think there should be but there mm-hmm. isn't yeah I'm there with you I well, don't think there's a battle I think the team is impressed Nick actually got asked about this this week and he said basically we're not ready to go there Marcus is our starter we're impressed with what Marcus is I mean with what Tanner's doing but Marcus is the backup and basically we go from there and, I mean, in a perfect world, I think it's more realistic that the Eagles try to acquire an outside option. If they aren't satisfied with Marcus Mariota, then... Number number 11. He's right there. You're sick. You're, 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 you're worse than Quell with Chip Kelly, man. That This is this is gross behavior. It's not even a joking matter. We are not bringing that hunting... We're not bringing him back. <laughs> The looks in the locker room would be crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine him walking in? That's hey, Bills. Sick. He going to come back like, so about that number, AJ going to be like, all right, brother. Let me pay you for it. Uh-uh, I don't think let me get one bad. then. Oh, if 11's gone, let him get one. Let him get one. We That's have one. I'm gonna put two. <laughs> Ooh, quarterback two. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're never bringing Carson back, though. If we're bringing back an next quarterback, bring back Vic. He was just playing in that fan-controlled arena. He can. You want someone who can still run? I bet you he can still run. He's fifty, but his hamstring will never give out. Brother, his hamstring. They are <laughs> The last year he played, I don't think he played like a game because his hamstrings were just like pulled the entire year. All right, and it's like you get older, them especially them Eagles that we we grew up loving. You get older, you were so fast, and them hamstrings just be so. Deshaun Jackson, man, 
I can't believe, brother, that man scored a touchdown. Get <laughs> that flip, and that was it. I was like, why did you do the flip? I knew it too. I can't believe it, brother. Oh, I knew it, dude. And then the other time when he when he heard it again, I was like, oh, he hurt his hamstring again. Wonderful. I I I saw it happen. Like you could literally see him just like pull up, and then you're like, well, this was fun, you know. Yeah, he we, got, we got one. I was I was there for the game where he flipped into the end zone, and I was just I remember just sitting there like. He definitely just got injured on the flip, and then he was out <laughs> the entire season after the flip, bro. I was like, yeah, the funniest part is the celebration. He flipped, he got up, and he jogged into the tunnel. And we <laughs> thought he was like, "Yeah, get them out of here." When in reality, he was like, "Yeah, where's the training staff?" <laughs> Set up forty now. All right. So we talked about these old guys. Let's talk about some young guys, right? So. This has been, you know, we talked about biggest takeaways. This has been, I didn't want to bring it up, but this has been, you know, my biggest takeaway is that we are spoiled now, man. Like we have so many good young cornerbacks that it's, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, due to obviously unfortunate circumstances with Zach going down and Greedy being released. I got to ask, before we get into that, I got to ask you guys, what were you guys thoughts on his performance prior to the injury, man? It was so up and down to me. Like I, it, I don't know what to say. I was talking to uh, our guy, friend of the pod, Wild and Spicy, on Twitter, and he was like, "Joe, Joe blocking down." And I asked, "Is it that Joe blocking down, or is McPherson food? Like, what's going on?" They just didn't look in Joe's direction. I don't think he got targeted one time that night, but McPherson was getting a lot of work, and he had some good reps, and he had some reps with. T-Rex arms came. To I was game. literally about to say there was that one rep. He was in perfect position. Man, and it was like watching Avante Maddox. I, I was like, oh, wonderful. Tillman, dude. Tillman is like 6'4", brother. Cedric Tillman is like 6'4", got a long arms. He, it was no chance he was going to win that. It was finished. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, from a cornerback perspective, I think up and down is right. I don't think. You know, he obviously wasn't going to push for a starting position or anything. I think he was a decent backup. Um, it was useful that he could play inside and outside. Um, you know, that versatility is always valued. But I think where he's going to be most missed is special teams. He's been a core special teamer for the last two years now, right? So um, you know, he was stepping up into a leadership role from a bunch of accounts, especially on special teams. So now we've lost Sean Bradley and Zach McPherson, who are – Special teams core guys and special teams was somewhere we struggled last year, you know. Exactly. So um we still got we still got your boy Christian Ellis, you know, who is who came in on fire last year in the playoffs. I don't know if you guys saw it, man, but it was I was saying to myself, the running back competition is so tight that somebody gonna have to find a way to make themselves stand out. I mean, he fumbled, so that was a way to stand out, but <laughs> Trey. The work that Trey Sermon was doing on special teams, he looked good out there on Gunner, man. I ain't gonna lie, he, he looked good. That's a way to earn a roster spot, man. It is, it is, yeah. Uh, and I, you guys see the tweet about you know maybe cutting Penny um, for Sermon? Oh, I think no, I think it I was me neither. Yeah, I, I, I think I, that was one of them things where it was rumor based generated, especially after they said that. Um, well, first and foremost, you saw Penny playing well into the third quarter in the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. And then you I'm not I'm pretty sure that not many people were aware that Nick Sirianni, at least the people that weren't 
in tune with what he was saying in his recent press conferences. But I'm not sure many of the people were aware that Nick basically said that Rashad and um, DeAndre were going to play the first preseason game because they don't mm-hmm. know the offense. So he wanted them to get as many reps as possible. And then in the preseason game, too, it was going to be Kenny and Boston, and the other two weren't going to dress. So, Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I, I couldn't see it. Sermon's played better, but, you know, I don't think enough to cut Rashad Penny by any means. But, you know, let's get back to corners, right? Um, Josh Job, hold it down. I'm proud of that one, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, it's, it's, it's just exciting to see these young guys who are stepping up. Uh, Quell, we talked about it a little bit in the, in the group chat, but do you want to tell us your thoughts on, like, on Ringo and how, you know, a lot of, you know, what you scouted and those types of things are just kind of coming to fruition? Okay, man. So looking at some of just the preseason game with Ringo. Ringo, actually, the, the best part about this and what makes me specifically so excited to watch preseason games is not only to get an eye on the young guys that you had a chance to scout, see how they'd be utilized, see how they look in their landing spots, but to see how much they've developed from the time you've last seen them to how they look now. And while there's still some technical things that have to be refined, Keely looked really good technically now. Like, uh, he must have got beside Slay and Bradbury. I heard early in the offseason that he was, like, above the James Bradbury, just trying to get information from him, trying to continue to figure out how to be better. But just from what I've seen in that preseason game, man, Keely still still struggling, panics a bit when the ball is in the air, man. Yep. I'm sure we all remember that play where he, he essentially, I don't know if the ball got lost in the lights or – the receiver tricked him or what happened, but he, he played great coverage and he essentially just lost the football. He couldn't locate it. Gave up a big third down reception. Things like that. I mean, of course, something that you would have to see continue to improve on, but things like that were what I was concerned with with him coming out. Yeah. I mean, there was that – was it a touchdown? I don't know. It was, it was a big reception. And, I mean, he was in the right posi- – it was right in the, right, in the correct position – trail technique he was in the right place all he needed to do was turn his head you know and find the ball he just couldn't find it that's what i was about to say he got half of it he turned his head and he the ball was over here and he was looking over here and i was like brother you missed it (laughs) 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 he went right in front of you (laughs) Uh, but you know these these things you know they can come with practice or maybe he's just he's not necessarily going to be your ball hawk right but um I, i i think you know being around slay and and Bradbury is going to be really good for him. Um, but there's also going to be competition. So what I asked Pierre earlier, Quell, um, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts is, you know, we talked about our uh, undrafted free agent guys, you know, the guys that, that are kind of near the bottom of the roster, but pushing to make it like your good, rich, uh, your uh, Gardner uh, and, uh, and Ricks, right? If, if Ringo, was undrafted like those guys, how would you rank them? You know, how, who, who, in terms of, you know, making the team, right? Cause with Ringo getting drafted in the fourth, he's going to have, you know, that, that, that step up. But if they were all, you know, UDFAs or just say they're all, you know, fourth rounders, however you want to do it, who would you cut? Who would you keep? I don't know, man. That's a really good question. Um, just based on what I've seen so far in the preseason, I would probably keep 
See, it's, it's, it's tough because Eli played a really, really good freaking game against Baltimore. And I don't want to say he was bad against Cleveland, but he wasn't as good as he was against Baltimore, for sure. Mm-hmm. But clearly the talent is there. That's one of my favorite things about Eli. First thing I write down when I, when I watch a cornerback is, do you play the position the way it's supposed to be played? Guy has that. That personality, that it factor of a cornerback, he carries himself that way. Thing about Keeley, Keeley has the athletic abilities that are really hard to bet against, man. And I, I speak in volumes still to this day, and I spoke in volumes during draft season about trying to learn lessons from some of your past mistakes and things of that nature. And watching Keeley, the player that kind of continuously pops in my mind, actually crazy because they both went to Georgia kind of makes sense but a player that continuously pops in my mind is Tyson Campbell another guy who was an athletic freak I mean Keeley's probably a bit taller of course that features more the the traits measurables things of that nature but an athletic freak was really good when he got the ball in his hands but it was just about not panicking when the ball was in the air things of that nature so to see how Tyson has continued to develop in his time in Jacksonville Tyson I believe is one of the better young cornerbacks in football so, and he's really good at ball location now. Doesn't panic half as near as much. It's really solid game. And I'd like to see if that's the type of strides that Keeley can make, then I would love to have a guy like Keeley Ringo on the team. Because, again, it's hard to bet against those traits that he has, the measurables, the size, the speed. You, you don't find players like that everywhere. And that's the difference between when you think of some of these teams, you got to have players that set yourself apart. A guy like Tyree Woolen, who – you, he might have limitations as a player, but his skill set will always be able to bail him out if you lose correctly. Yeah, that's. I mean, those those are all fair points. I mean, it's it's hard to to disagree with what you said. Um, obviously, you know, I don't know as much about scouting um, as you do, but for me, the biggest thing when I look at a corner is I just I want to see how fluid you are, right? Like just. Can you? It's the hardest position, right? You're moving backwards in everything you do. Like, can you flip? Can are your hips flipping right? Like, are you able to do everything? And then, part of it is also being able to find the ball in the air. Like, can you? Can you track? Can you? Can you get around? Can you make those game-changing plays, right? Um, and you're right. Ringo has that potential. You know, because of his, you know, size and how he's built and his speed and everything like that. But you know, he was at you know he was at Georgia. Now he's here, and it just seems like you know some of the same kind of things. He's obviously a young player, so you know these are all things that can change. But you know he struggled with the same kind of things, right? And so at some point, maybe he's just not that great at it, and he can be a solid corner. But maybe he's just not great when the ball is in the air. You know, maybe that's why he's playing corner, right? <laughs> you know, like they say, like oh, he can't catch, put him on defense. Um, but what I really appreciated about Joe when he was coming out or, you know, or, or like the, or, or, or Ricks, for example, is that they just, when they move, you can just kind of, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but you can just see that it's just so smooth in, in how they operate and how they can move and how they can, how they can turn. And it, it feels like they can run the routes backwards. Right. And, and I see some stiffness sometimes, and it's also cause he's a bigger guy with Ringo. Um, but Ricks and Joe both have, you know, good size, but they also have, better ball skills in my opinion and you know if if they were all you know undrafted free agents all at the same kind of level um 
I'm seeing that they all come from, you know, similar schools, right? They're all coming from, you know, your Bama, your Georgia, LSU type of things. Um, they all have had good coaching, but, you know, a couple of these guys have had a history of getting their hands on the ball a little bit more and they can do it. You know, I feel like they can stick at, they, they can stick with the guys at the next level a little bit better, you know, with a guy like Ringo, a lot of it is also just going to be like, how can we make, how can he fit into the scheme too? Right. Like Tariq Woolen, like you brought up, well, he's a phenomenal player, but he's also in the perfect scheme for him. Right. Um, so there's, there's so many like different calculating factors like that versus someone I think like, uh, like Rick's or, um, or, or Job or, or some of those guys, like you can just, you can throw him in and he can be like, Hey, can you just play corner? You know, I, we, whatever we kind of need to do, he might not be as good at, you know, certain things, but he has the ability to just mirror your receiver and do what you kind of need him to do. So that's kind of where I stand. So if it was me, I would probably say, you know, I'd have, I'd, I guess Job is not in this. So then I'd say, you know, Ricks, and then I, I'd have Ricks above Ringo, but then I'd think, you know, in between uh, Ringo and Garner, I think that one's a little bit closer because I haven't really seen that much out of, out of Garner as much as I have out of Ricks. Um, and, and then, like you said, the athletic profile with Ringo is so impressive. Um, Goodrich, I think, makes a roster for sure yeah. just because of his ability to play inside. And, you know, they had him behind Zach as his, um, as his backup. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's about where I am. What about you, Pierre? Yeah, um, I think and we're ranking them if Ringo was undrafted, right? Mm-hmm. Just based off – so, for me, I think just based off the first uh, two preseason games and, you know, what we've read of, you know, the competition and training camp, I think, of course, first you'd have, it, it would have to be um, Josh Joe. Um, then I think – I think Ringo would slot in second, I think. Then you'd go Goodrich. Then you would go uh, Garner and Ricks. Dang. You have Rick's last. No, reverse the reverse the two. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, Garner last, Rick's third. So, so let so yeah. so then you have so so Go if we're just talking over Rick's, I mean over Rick's. You said Goodrich over Rick's. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Is yeah. it just because of his ability to play inside? Yeah, the versatility. And then he's flashed through um the first two games too a lot to me, but Rick's had to pick six so. I don't know. It's difficult for me between those two. Race is just so smooth, man. Yeah. I just like the way he, he plays. So well, brother. He's just I, I don't know how he went. Like it just it did not make sense that he went undrafted. Because the year before they were talking about him being a top ten type talent, right? Then he transfers to Bama and right, it was LSU to Bama, not the other way around. It was LSU to Bama, but that Bama secondary last year was just so strange, brother. I know that, that's what I'm, I'm. It's just so weird that like in one year, so they were much- so damn good, but the secondary as a team was so damn bad. Like it, I don't know how to explain it. it it's kind of like dream team esque to me, where you like, well, individually, all you guys are good, <laughs> but when we play together, why the hell do we suck? Like, I don't know, man, because you look. Like Kool Aid McKinnistry would probably be the top one or two cornerback on my board next year. You guys know how I felt about Brian Branch, Jordan Battle, and then to have a guy like Eli Rick still in that secondary, it is like, I don't know, man. It, it was just strange to me. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. So I think uh, we're all over the place on corners. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see, man. I I thought we'd have a little bit more like 
cohesion, but you know that just kind of tells you that we have an embarrassment of riches right now in terms of young, exciting corners. You know, we it's got something crazy. for everyone's taste. What's up? It's just crazy how we've got to the point where we, we're so excited about all these young UDFAs, young guys. And I remember a month or two ago, we were having the same conversation, and one of the first names out of our mouth was Greedy. And mm-hmm. now Greedy's kind of became an afterthought. The odd man out. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's it's really crazy because I was I was a huge greedy fan, man. I thought he was gonna be the number I thought he was gonna be the number two corner, like right after Slay and Bradbury, and then I thought Job would be after him. So to see, you know, that these guys have all played well enough to cut a former first round pick, you know, at the end of the day, and somebody you just traded something for. That- I think a lot of it also has to do with like the pedigree of the guys that they brought into the room. Like, you know, you got guys from Alabama, LSU, Clemson. Um, Clemson, Georgia, like these are legitimate players at that position. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I was thinking earlier, like just of course speaking in futuristic terms, where and it, it, you guys have saying this kind of brings the thought back to my mind. But like imagine if this team actually wins a championship. And, and even if it's not this year, like in the next three to five years, this team actually wins a championship. And you sit here and look at all the conversation there was around Justin Jefferson when he came out and whether how productive he could or could not be on the outside. You see all these Georgia players who have went sporadic around guys like Nicobe and Keeley who were third, fourth round picks respectively. And, you know, sometimes when you just draft damn good football players, it's just it can make your life easier, man. Guys, that maybe it's not that hard, and I mean it. Kind of, you guys know why I got into scouting in the first place because I wonder why certain people at certain positions were so successful on Saturdays, but people didn't look at them at the ability to translate to Sundays. And again, just draft good players, brother. If the player or the team was good on Saturday, that this guy is probably going to be good on Sundays. He might need some coaching up, but. Let's not overthink it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good players make good plays. It's it's this crazy concept. Um, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes you got to learn lessons the hard way. And how we messed up with Justin Jefferson, and now we are better off. We have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So, and Quest Watkins. Don't forget Quest. It's a season. But, uh... I think uh, I think that's it for us this time. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. We really appreciate uh, all your guys' support. Uh, and we're gonna get these episodes out to you throughout the season. We're gonna try to get some uh, pre or post game shows going so that you know we can all just talk a little bit. We're gonna try to get spaces going too so that we can hear from you guys. Um, but yeah, like like I said, we really appreciate your support. We have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, like you. There it is. Go on everyone's phone. I know we haven't said it in a bit, but the offer always stands. You have like, I think we came down to eleven dollars. So, you know, all Cash App, Venmo, Apple Pay, whatever. You get eleven bucks if you go to the Apple Store. This anyway, a dream coach checks back last night. It was clearly a dream. It gotta be. It gotta be. He dropped off the face of the earth. He's coaching. That's why it's football season. He's got no time for us. It's football season, baby. All right, guys. This was fun. We'll be back next week. 
Go birds. Go birds. This practice is for Frank White. 